Yeah, that was so good. Um, yeah, we found, found this week, because the series is singing the Psalms, and some of them that we're going through kind of match, match the song. Like last week we spoke on Psalm 34, which matches Taste and See, but there is some songs on Psalm 62, but we still we'll just try and sing through some of it. And uh, yeah, there's people that have taken the Psalms and put them to meter to kind of rearrange the syllables and some of the words to then match it to different songs. Uh, then you can got that, but that's just sung it straight away because you know the chin. That song also works as the Pokemon theme song. That will probably be a bit of a different vibe. So we work with Amazing Grace. A safe But yeah, so we might, we might try that again with some other psalms because, um, yeah, it's actually, the, the Bible says to sing the psalms and it's actually really, really powerful. And, um, yeah, even as we're going through these psalms, we just encourage you to maybe be reading them at home and yeah, maybe even try singing them because it is a, is a different way to engage with them and that's really actually what they're, they're designed for is, uh, is to be sung. Um, so yeah, we're going to look at this Psalm 62, which is a really beautiful psalm um, and, and go through it today. And it's, yeah, this real declaration of confidence in, in God. Um, and confidence is, is such an important thing. Um, in life, it's also a really important thing in snowboarding. Uh, so we went to we went to New Zealand a couple of weeks ago and, and went snowboarding, and, and it's it's really interesting because it's actually when you think about it, it's a really crazy thing to do that all these people going up this huge mountain covered snow and just like sliding down on a piece of wood is is a really strange thing when you think about it. Everyone's doing it, and you, you kind of just get on board. And um, but one thing that that kind of noticed, um, particularly with the snowboarding, it's similar with skiing, that actually it's safer to actually kind of be confident with it, whereas if you're too tentative with it, it can even be a bit more dangerous and, and it's hard to stop, you actually kind of need to embrace a bit of speed and need to kind of have confidence to, to have a go, um, but then what happens is you start to feel pretty good at it, and then you get a bit overconfident, <laughs> and then that's when you really hurt yourself, which, which happened as well. Um, and it's kind of like that in life a little bit. But too, confidence is actually a really hard thing to manage um, because often maybe my lack of confidence when, when things happen and, and things are difficult and it's really hard to approach life when you don't have any confidence. Um, and then sometimes we can go too far and start to be, be too confident in ourselves and either that ends up hurting people around us or, or puts us in a situation where we hurt ourselves or, or we just push things a bit too far. Um, and David, I suppose, had reasons for uh, lacking confidence in, in many of the things that he faced in opposition, which, which we're going to look at today. Uh, he had probably had lots of reasons for overconfidence as well, being a king and being, being someone uh, with such close relationship with God and um, authority and experience as well. But in this psalm, um, it, it's such a powerful psalm because it's just a total bold declaration that his confidence is totally in God. Uh, and it's not even really a prayer, uh, it's actually mostly a declaration. Um, and it's also an invitation to embrace that confidence as well. Um, I'm going to use the ESV because I, I, I kind of like this translation of this one a little bit more. The, the song we just sung was, was in um, NIV, which really emphasizes rest. Um, but this word rest is also related to the idea of waiting and, and waiting in silence. So we'll read through Psalm 62, just 1 to 2. It says, For God alone. My soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. 
It's just a bold declaration that, that David trusts God. He waits on God. He doesn't even need to speak. He, he waits in silence. God is a rock. He's a fortress. He surrounds him. And, and this is not like David, again, just saying this when things are peaceful and, and things are easy. He's, he's making this declaration in the midst of opposition and, and challenge and difficulty because we see that in the next verse. He, he starts to talk to his enemies, kind of, in verse 3. He says, How long will all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. We didn't sing this part, but this is verse 3. And then it's, um, they only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. So David is in, in the midst of some kind of opposition. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's clearly... Uh, particularly to do with people's words and their deceit toward him, which is interesting because he says his response is to be silent. But he's talking about how his enemies are trying to knock him over. Um, as we go through, I've got a couple of objects here. I'm just going to get set up today. Because David starts to talk about, yeah, basically his enemy is trying to exploit his weakness. I sort of saw it as kind of like Jenga. Um, David's kind of built a life, and in some ways we can kind of build a life, build a maybe career, build the things we have confidence in. David has lots of reasons for confidence that are also not, and you can kind of feel pretty stable, but then things come along that start to knock you, and obviously you know how Jenga works. Um, yeah, things shift in, in life, and um, then burdens are added, and what was really... That's not a good option. But then what, what could have been really like a strong foundation all of a sudden starts to get a bit shakier, and this is kind of what David is, is describing. Like, like maybe things were good for him, but now he's got enemies who are kind of taunting him, and each taunt is like an attack at his foundation, and makes it shakier, and, and maybe in some ways that's the same for us, that you could be going along, have a good rhythm, but then you make a mistake at work, or then someone else at school starts to really bother you and, and, and bully you, or uh, maybe like some relationship starts to get a bit rocky, or, or maybe just something extra is added to the plate, and then like what was like a pretty stable foundation starts to get shaky, and, and David is sort of saying that his enemies are kind of treating him like this, he doesn't say Jenga books, obviously. He, says, he, he describes himself as a wall, a wall that's kind of like sitting and, and could get pushed over. That's kind of the picture that his enemies kind of see him as. But then David actually describes the true reality of how his life is, um, which is, again, what he says is, For God alone my soul waits in salvation, he alone is my rock. And my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. So as David's not standing on something like this, he's actually standing on this like massive rock, um, which is strong and steadfast, that, that doesn't shift. He uses this picture of God as a, as a rock which he can stand on, which he can rely on. Let me just go to the next one. There. Um, oh, it should be a big rock. So yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, David basically says like he's not putting any confidence in, in himself and his ability to respond to his enemies and his ability to manage his circumstances or, or work through the difficulties. He's saying actually he just stands on God. God surrounds him as a fortress. 
He just puts all his rest and trust in God. Um, so his first point is that if our confidence is in God, we can rest and wait quietly for him. Again, this is not like um, an invitation to have more self-esteem or more self-confidence, although we, we need it. encouragement, which is good. But what David's inviting us to is this place of confidence that's actually involves embracing being still and embracing being silent, uh, embracing a posture of waiting, which really means actually we just say this is not about us at all. We just, we just put our weight, we start to stand on God and his solid ground. So I thought actually we might just even just practice this just for a moment. We'll have a bit of a response later with some more time, but, but we don't tend to, you know, unless you are deliberate, there's often not many times when we just embrace silence. Um, and sometimes it can be confronting because when we're silent, maybe we start to realise what's, what's going on, and maybe we start to realise actually life's kind of a bit shaky, but, but sometimes that can then bring us back to um, trying to stand back on the rock of the Lord. So just for a moment, I just thought we could just stop and just, just have a moment of just silence as we reflect on what God said, my soul, Jesus, David said, my soul alone waits for God in silence from him comes by salvation. So you might like to close your eyes, you might like to just, uh, yeah, just, just wait on him for a moment. Even just for a minute, it's, it's powerful just to, to stop and be silent. And, yeah, it's something that great to do for, for longer. Or maybe if you, if you haven't done it before, just in, in your prayer time, sometimes it's hard to sort of come into prayer. Sometimes actually just embracing silence. Um, maybe reading a psalm and then just sitting for five, ten minutes. And maybe that could be the prayer time. Like we don't have to speak once, uh, we can just be present with God. Um, but it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, um, I think in, in some ways, like you kind of think maybe, maybe like silence and rest, like that sounds lazy or that sounds like, oh, we should be doing more. But, but actually in some ways, it, it's the hard thing to do, the hard thing to actually stay uh, trusting and resting and not frantic or racing. It's actually hard. And David even seems to find it hard. He, he's made this declaration that he trusts God. But then, in verse 5, he starts to tell himself 
to wait silently for God. He says this in verse 5. He, he sort of shifts and he starts to talk to himself. He says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge, is God. So David starts the psalm out declaring, my soul waits for God in silence. But then in verse 5, he says, oh, my soul, wait in silence. So he starts to talk to himself to continue to be in this position of waiting and, and trusting. And I suppose it's either that he kind of started off good and then he recognises actually he needs to stay here, or he kind of just knows that there's a tendency to Yes, we can kind of be close and resting to God, but the, the, the natural response is that it will fade, and there's a need to actually um, use energy to stay in that position. It's actually not a, a passive thing. Uh, it requires a lot of energy to trust and rest and wait. Um, Alexander McLaren, uh, this is a quote, but he kind of expresses this as well. He said, The silence of the soul before God is no mere passiveness. It requires the intensest energy of all our being to keep all our being still and waiting upon Him. So put all your strength into the task and be sure that your soul is never so intensely alive as when in deepest renunciation it waits hush before God. It's, it's kind of an interesting paradox, right? That the idea that you have to work to rest, there's energy, it's energy to trust God, to, to wait silently. I think because naturally, um, we don't like waiting, we like a sense of control, a sense of self-confidence, but, but David's saying he's actually releasing all that to wait and put all his confidence in God. And actually when he's there, he's at rest. But he has to keep telling himself to, to do that. I was singing the song, Bless, Bless the Lord. I, don't, I probably hadn't realised it before, but I just realised it again. We weren't singing to God, we were actually singing to ourselves in some ways. Because we were saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Which is an interesting thing to do, but it's actually quite powerful, and the Psalms do it a lot. Um, like David says here, wait in silence, O my soul, or, or in that Psalm we sung, Psalm 103, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. It's like his self talk, is telling himself to praise God, um, which is interesting. Um, and it's interesting because there's a bit of a paradox here, because he said that he waits silently, but now he's speaking, but he's speaking to himself, telling himself, to wait silently before God. Um, and sometimes maybe that's what we need to do. Like, if we're not in a place of rest or trust, maybe we're in a place of, of negative self-talk or, or complaint, it might actually be a need to actually, what probably feels strange, actually talk to ourselves and say, hey, Tim, what are you doing? Like, trust God, praise God. Like, and we kind of do that sometimes, right? Like, like, if you're in a really difficult situation, you might know that you need to actually kind of tell yourself or have some self-control. Um, sometimes it probably looks and, and seems weird. Um, it's been nice to take Ali out to the grocery store and, and talk to her, but I kind of just end up talking to myself. Like, I'm eating two apples now and I'll the bananas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually kind of fun. Um, but, but talking to yourself can be really powerful. Um, and, and, yeah, I think this is something that we could... Growing, I want to grow in this idea of, like, even I don't feel like praising God, it's actually okay. The psalmists seem to be like that, but they tell themselves to praise God. And it's almost like them telling themselves to praise God is an act of praising God, because 
we just sung a worship song which was telling ourselves to worship God. So it's, I think it's just this picture that like we probably think that worshiping God should just be a really easy, natural thing, and, and it should, right? And trusting God, you probably think, should be an easy, natural thing, but the truth is that it's a huge battle, and it's the main battle in life, and and to worship God is it can be a struggle often, and the psalm writers embrace that and the fact that they need to tell themselves to do it, they need to motivate themselves, because it's true, even though they may not feel like it. Um, it's interesting because again he's saying to be silent, but then again he starts to talk about talking in verse eight. If we go to, to verse eight, um, he then starts to talk to people around him and says, "Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us." So he's been talking about being silent before God, but now he talks about trusting God enough to pour out your heart, which is obviously involves. Probably involves words, not necessarily it might just involve emotions, um, or it might even be an expression of waiting, but, but it probably involves words and, and prayer. And this is an amazing um, picture, right? Because um, da- David, when he is coming to pray, this sort of analogy that he's using, he's not just coming with requests, although that's important, he's not just coming with, with formality, but the idea of pouring your heart out. Is such an open, vulnerable position. Um, I thought it's probably a little bit lame, but I thought it might be helpful um, just to pour some water out. Um, but this is his picture of prayer. It's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, he, he just uses this, this metaphor of pouring. I don't know if he's thought of prayer like that. Before, but David is basically saying, he tra- God is so trustworthy that you don't have to hold anything back when you, when you talk to him. Whereas often, right, when we talk to people, you, you trust, but you don't necessarily trust them just to say anything. But, but David's saying, God is trustworthy. You can just say anything to God. You can be totally open before him. So he uses this picture of prayer and just says, pour it like pretty interesting picture, like your heart is full, and maybe trying to come to a place of silence is difficult if our hearts and minds are full of anxiety, and David says, you can trust God, and you can just come and like, literally, that's your heart, like, that's such an amazing picture like, you just don't have to hold anything back when you come to God in prayer, and, and like, I think that actually is, is some of the best times I've had of, of prayer and, and is what can be so enjoyable about prayer because there's nobody else like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's people that that hopefully you have a close relationship with where you can just speak and they'll listen and then they won't judge and you can say anything. Um, but but God does that on a whole totally new level. Like you can just totally say what's on your heart. You can be brutally honest with him. You can share your emotions with him. And he will be totally listening and totally present the whole time. Um, and you can talk to him about anything. You can literally just talk <laughs> and just see what comes out. And that's kind of the picture. You pour it out your heart. You might not even know what's going to come out. Uh, but he, he's there and he will listen. And again, the, the Psalms show that, that he's totally fine with it. He's totally okay with you being brutally honest before him, even about doubts. 
even about fears, even about anger, about raw emotion, actually what God most wants is for us to bring that to Him and actually pour it out before Him. So the second point today is that to keep confidence in God, to, to stay in this place of confidence in God, we need to speak to yourself and pour out your heart before Him, which is kind of interesting. We want to get to this place of silence and rest, but maybe part of the way to get there and to stay there is to speak to ourselves and actually speak to Him that in a way we actually empty ourselves and pour ourselves out to Him. So you might even have, um, there might even be something that you can think about like at the moment that is specific that, that you need to remind yourself to, to do. And maybe it's just that, hey, praise God, like, bless God. Um, or maybe it's more specific that there's something that God's saying um, to you at the moment and actually, what you could do is take that and actually say it to yourself. Um, I shared, I haven't really been doing it recently, but I shared earlier in the year, just we shared on the Mary and Martha story, and that was really speaking to me and how Jesus says to, to um, Martha that one thing is necessary. And for a while, I was just going around saying that to myself all the time. I was just thinking about all these things, and I just kept saying, one thing, one thing is necessary, and just keep saying it. I probably need to start just doing that again. Um, but maybe there's something that, that he's saying to you at the moment. You could just turn that into a phrase to say to yourself and to speak to your soul. Or maybe there's things on your heart that you really just need someone to talk to and there's no one who can really listen, but he listens. And you really need to talk to him. And not in a, in a way of being guarded, but actually just in a way of letting it out before him. Um, especially if there's lots of things built up He's ready to listen. You can just speak and let it out. So David, um, yeah, is in this position of confidence in God, and then he's got these strategies and encouragements to other people of how to have confidence in God. And then I think kind of from that place, he gains perspective on life and and the rest of life. Um, And he starts to talk about people. um, Because I suppose if your confidence is not in God, it's probably in People, either yourself or other people, or maybe it's in money. And so he starts to talk about these other things that people find confidence. So in verse 9 of Psalm 62, he says, Those of lower state are but a breath. Those of higher state are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. So again, there's some really beautiful pictures here, um, which are kind of funny in some ways. Um, so this isn't the exact metaphor, but I thought it could help a bit. But um, I need a helper for this, so I don't know if anyone's willing to help. But I thought um, we could measure a breath, because the verse says, those of lower stand but a breath, those of high stand delusion, in the balances they go up, they're being measured, and together they are lighter than a breath. So I should have some scales that should work. I see someone who come blow on the scales. Anybody? Yeah, thanks, Tim. It's ready. It's currently zero grams. So you just blow. Wow, that was a heavy breath. So that's 
that's a big breath, right? Sorry. <laughs> but that's like, that's a breath, right? Like, that's pretty light. Um, 92 grams, a few grams is what a breath weighs. Um, and, and David is using this picture. He's not obviously using electronic scales. He's, he's using balancing scales, uh, which look more like this. And it's interesting because he says those are blow state. He's talking about people, some sort of in the translation sort of say, he's kind of talking about poor and rich, or he could just be talking about all people in different ways. He's, he's effectively talking about all the power of people all together. When they're weighed, they go up. And the lighter thing goes up in these scales. If you can go to the next one, the, the strongest and weakest of human power go up in the scales. What balances it down is the weight of breath, is what he says. From, from God's perspective, obviously not physical weight, uh, but in terms of the weight of significance and power and trust, that all of human power combined is worth a breath in God's eyes. It's an amazing perspective to have. Um, and that's what he says often, in, in, it's often in the Psalms, it's often throughout um, scripture that, that human life is but a breath. It, it's so transient. It's so small. So the, the encouragement is why put confidence in people if that they weigh less than 92 grams of breath, right? <laughs> like, like, don't do that, he's saying. And not even in money, because obviously that is related to, to people. And he's saying, don't take your heart on, on money, because it's the same. It's just not, it's not trustworthy. Trusting anything other than God is a bad idea, is what he's saying. But he has this picture now of, of why it makes total sense to wait silently on God and not trust people because they just weigh nothing. So in verse 62, he, he finishes, sorry, in Psalm 62, verse 11, his last couple of verses, he finishes saying, Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to you, God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to to his work. It's this picture that people might think that they have power. Even powerful people in the world appear to have power and maybe be confident or be someone we should look to for confidence. But he's saying, no, God is the only one who has power. But he also is love. So he is the one to rest in and trust in. Um, obviously, it doesn't look like that. Um, doesn't appear to be like that when you look around, but David has this perspective that's come from experience, from revelation, from knowing this God, and now he can see, this is our last point, that people and money are false hopes. True confidence is found in God alone. There's a similar psalm uh, that we've looked at before, which is a beautiful psalm, Psalm 73, which talks about this worship leader who goes through this crisis, because he says God is good, but then he sees that all the people who are doing evil things, they're rich, they're powerful, they actually have happy, and you probably know people right? like that don't care about God, and they have great lives, they're, and they're nice people, and they're good people, and they just go about their life, and we sort of think, well, we're serving God, and maybe even know those people who serve God and have terrible lives, <laughs> and, and are suffering, and, and have challenges, and this is what this social media says, it says, how does that work, right? Like, if God's so good, then why are the people who don't care about Him enjoying a good life and the people who 
are struggling and are trying to follow him, and he has this crisis, but then he realizes actually he's not seeing things clearly. That's how things appear. But the truth is, if you have God, you have everything. If you have everything, a great life, but you don't have God, you actually have nothing in the end. Actually, he, he recognized he's close to God, so even in his struggles, he has all that he needs. And that's true here as well. He's saying those could be confident in themselves and their riches, but it won't last. It's a breath. But those who have confidence in God are on a rock, they have a fortress around them, they can rest, they have salvation. So we need confidence in life, uh, but we're not to find it in ourselves, not to find it in our stuff, uh, not to find it in other people, but as David says so boldly, in God alone. He says alone a lot in this psalm. And it's not just sort of knowing that, but the challenge is to keep coming back to that and to speak to ourselves. And, to, and that's part of the reason why we're even in this community, because we need each other to encourage us back again and again that He is true, He's real, He's good, He's worth trusting, and we need support and help with that. And it's interesting, just as we finish, we're going to have communion in a moment. Um, yeah, to think of Jesus uh, singing this psalm, because he probably did um, sing all of the psalms. And Jesus singing about waiting and his soul finding rest in, in God alone, and even singing about enemies who are attacking him, singing about pouring his heart out to God. Because he is the ultimate one that put all his confidence in God while people were attacking him. Um, and in his darkest hour in the garden, he totally poured out his heart before God in prayer. And then came to a place of being totally confident in his father that he could be totally silent in the midst of accusation. People are throwing accusation after accusation against him and he does not respond. He's silent. All of his weight is on God to rescue him through his power and love. And through that, God's rescuing us by his power and his love through Jesus. So he's the one we follow. And he's shown that we can place all our confidence in him, in the midst of stress, in the midst of trouble. And David's giving us some tools to how to do that as well. So we're going to respond today um, and, and take communion. Um, but before we do that, I just encourage you to, to again, we're going to take a moment to, to wait, um, to be silent, and just to, to recognize His presence. And perhaps as well, if there's things on your heart and, and you need to start to talk to Him about them, you can do that now. Um, and then in a, in a moment, I'll invite you to come and take communion. We're going to get the, uh, there's some uh, crackers and, and a couple of juice uh, just outside, so you can grab that, you can come back in, or you can find a nice spot outside and have it and then come back in. Um, and just outside as well, Greg, Greg and Janelle are going to be available to, to pray. Um, so if there's anything that you'd like to pray for, it could be to do with the message, or it could just be to do with anything. Or it could just be that you just like, like some prayer. Um, it doesn't have to be specific. Um, they'd love to pray with you today, so they'll, they'll be available out there too. Um, so I'm just going to pray, and then, yeah, we're just going to have another time just to, just to wait. Um, and then in a moment, I'll invite you to have communion with you. So we thank you, Lord, that we can yet yeah, find rest in you. We can wait upon you. We can place all our confidence in you. And we just say we need your help to do that, and we want to do that. 
we need you. Uh, you know, when we look at uh, ourselves, you know, we either lack the resources and the strength, um, maybe feel disillusioned with ourselves at times, even in our walk. Um, or sometimes we're overconfident and, and proud, and then we're in danger as well. But, yeah, we just say we thank you that you are a rock that we can stand on. And, yeah, but even today as we wait upon you and as we take communion and remember your sacrifice, Jesus, and yeah, our salvation, would, would we in a sense feel the, the firmness under our feet, Lord? Yeah, would we in our hearts just be able to rest in you and just put all our weight on you? Yeah, we struggle to do that often. It's a battle. We just ask you to give us grace. Uh, yeah, to cast our care before you, to, to rest the weight of our being on you. Yeah, even in the midst of trouble and opposition and, and difficulty to declare that we will wait on you, that we'll rest in you. And we just trust you, Jesus, and, and honour you. And yeah, even as we respond, would you speak to us, Holy Spirit? Yeah, just come, Holy Spirit, and yeah, take these truths and, and yeah, bless our hearts and fill us afresh with prayer. And just take a moment just to be quiet again. Thank you. 